0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with the double L team filling in for the M Factor. While Mon is away, Lyle and Lawson will play right here on Faith FM. Now, coming up in today's show, of course, we have some amazing things that we're going to be sharing with you, along with a new moon, and you might think, well, we get a new moon every month. Well, actually, you don't. You get the same old moon coming back around every month. This is a new moon that has just been discovered, and we're going to tell you all about it and why it is significant and why the moon actually is important to life here on this earth and why we could not live without our moon, and it's a good thing we don't have too many of them. Also, coming up in today's news, we're going to talk about cow protection. You can join this organization, the Cow Protection Society, but it may not be such a good idea and we will tell you the reasons why a little later on in the show. Of course, Mon is going to join us. She is uh, bringing us an interview that she's doing with uh, Rosemary and then we're going to look at, at a mysterious book Open in the hand of Jesus Christ. You find this in Revelation chapter ten. We need to find out what is this mysterious book and what message does it have for us today. That's in our encounter with God section. Of course, Lawson's going to talk about all kinds of greeny stories. Um, amongst those, um, an ocean garbage can floats around the ocean, and collects garbage. Sounds like a great idea. Great idea developed right here in Australia. Uh, more about that. So we have some amazing stories that are coming up, and we know all about it. Of course, our question of the day is what does the bible mean when it says lord of hosts well we hope that he's lord of the breakfast show hosts but it does mean something other than that and we will tell you what. Okay, so don't forget this is the pre-recorded show that you are listening to. This is the delayed broadcast. It was possibly recorded yesterday, maybe a week ago. We don't really know. But if you would like to listen to the live show, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and we can explain to you how you can upgrade your transmitter so that your transmitter can receive the live show. Alternatively, you can go to faithfm.com.au on your phone that's faithfm.com.au and press play and there you've got it in your car in your pocket in your headset wherever you are run it through your bluetooth your stereo in the car run it through an auxiliary cord listen to it while you're on the back of a four-wheeler rounding up cows i don't know Listen to it in your road roller. Um, Whatever it is that you are doing, um, you can listen to Faith FM right across the world, right there at faithfm.com.au. But right now, stay tuned, enjoy this song, and we'll be back in just a moment. That was Greg O'Pillo with Calvary here on Faith FM, and as Mon is not joining us from Kenya this morning, it means we get to do the
1: quiz clue a little bit earlier. So, Lawson, what have you got for the uh, first clue for the quiz? Here we go. This is a Who Am I quiz. You ready? Mm -hmm. This is a person, Mm a person Mm -hmm. that you might know. So that nails it down to, how many people are in the Bible, Lyle? I do not know the answer to that question. Maybe you know the answer to that question. Uh, Okay. Here we go. Who am I? I said, does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? Ooh, he said that. Yeah, I know that phrase. Does I our have, law I not... condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? You can see nope, the gears are turning, but they've come to a screeching halt. So, if you know who that is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get a prize. Lyle. Yes. We have some positive news today of some of my favorite kind, environmental greeny news. Oh, okay. Here we go. Ready it goes, for this? Goes. Okay. So, first piece this of news is, um, up for today. Okay. Super, super left wing greenie Lawson. Yeah.
0: Why why do my co-hosts always end up as greenies?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I'm like not really left wing <laughs> no, or a, or Like, but I, I just I just love environmental news. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I do
0: too. I have to be honest. It's so great. Environment is something we should be looking after. People do not usually accuse me of being uh, left wing, but when it comes to environmental news, I'm I'm most of the time I'm right there. Some of Duke. it's some of it's just st- stupid, <laughs> but. There's a lot of good things happening in our world, and we should make more of them happen. All right, check this
1: out. Okay, um, this is this is so, this is really cool. This is yeah, really yep, cool. Yep, yep. After facilitating a successful crowdfunding campaign in 2016, a floating floating vacuum for the ocean um, is sucking up hundreds of kilos of litter. Yep. Yep. every mm-hmm. single day yep. around the world. Have you heard of this? I have. The sea awesome. bin? Uh-huh. Dude, this is like the coolest thing ever. I saw this the other day because they're <laughs> finally... They're rolling it out now. It's actually up and running. So, they've they've... You know, made the design. They made the design originally. Um, it it's was, Dutch guy, wasn't it? Sorry, a Dutch guy. No, no, no. These are these are a couple of guys from Australia. Oh, oh, yeah. So, okay, I don't know about this one. So, so there was a Dutch guy who made this like floating yeah, 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 ring yeah. thingy. Yeah, yeah. And yep. that that that's going off. But these two guys are Australian. Uh huh. They're just like keen as surfers. You should see. It. They've got like long hair and and it's just classic surfy boys. And they just love the ocean. And they and they saw all this pollution. Now, just like man, can we do something about it? So they designed what this this thing called the sea bin, which is this cool. vacuum that floats around in the sea and collects rubbish. It's like the coolest thing ever. Um, these things aren't particularly big or anything, but. A- they they can contain about twenty kilos of rubbish before having to get redone and they're estimating that they, you know, each C bin, which isn't a you know, it's not very big, it's pretty small, but each one um can suck up around a ton of litter a year. Awesome! So, just, so we
0: should anchor them all off our beaches. Yeah, hook shark nets to the bottom, and we'll have no sharks and clean beaches. <laughs> Problem
1: solved, right there. Well, the interesting thing about that is, is people are wondering, like, oh, is this like sucking in wildlife? But there's a noise that the that the motor on the on the vacuum actually makes that deters. They tested it; it actually deters sea life. Cool. So the only thing it can suck up is rubbish.
0: And these things run on solar power or something.
1: Um, yeah. They're on, They're completely running on solar power. They're completely renewable. Like you know, running on renewable energy. Do you anchor like,
0: them to the bottom of the ocean, or you
1: just drop nah, them in you random? You just places? drop them and they float around, and they just go. Zzzz, and then you got to go find them to pick them up. And well, I guess you know they would all have GPS trackers on them and yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, so they 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 concept and and designed one um, and made one, and then you know put it up on Indiegogo to which is a crowdfunding site to see see how they went. And yeah, two hundred. $50,000 got behind them and they started making them. Now, like states and nations are sponsoring them to make seabins. There's only, they've only made 44 so far, but they're being sponsored more and more to now put them into mass production. And 25 countries around the world are adopting See, this would seabin. be a really good thing to have at like river
0: mouths and stuff like that where you've got a lot of plastic that is mm. you know flo- floating out to sea. Yeah. You, could, you, could,
1: you could stop it as it, you know, just collect it right there at the mouth where it's coming out. But that's the thing, though. It's like, why is the plastic floating out to sea from the river, river mouth? Because everybody's throwing their
0: plastic in the rivers. Yeah. I've been to many developing countries, and the, and the surface of the river, you know, the rivers as you go by, and the, the river banks are just covered thickly with plastic litter and the surface of the river, you can just about walk across it for the plastic litter that there's on it. You I mean, you go to some of the most beautiful places on the planet, like the Urubamba um, River that flows past Machu Picchu in mm-hmm. Peru, for instance, and there's this magnificent gorge. You're surrounded by rainforest, Um You've got the Andes Mountains, you know, 18,000-foot peaks coming up either side. There's this train track that runs down the bottom of the river where it's just so incredibly scenic, unimaginably scenic. Mm. And it's just blowing your mind. And you've got this rushing, roaring, raging, massive river going past with, you know, rapids and little waterfalls and eddies and pools and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a floating big pile of plastic.
1: Nice. Well, rubbish. not nice as like terrible. terrible. It's like the worst thing ever. Absolutely. <laughs> it is
0: just, it is just disgusting. And it's just so disappointing when you mm. see it. And of course, all of that, you know, thousands and thousands of tons of plastic would be going into, you know, the Pacific Ocean yeah. from just that one river
1: every single day. Yeah so maybe you put these things at the river mouth you just collect you're all you're just collecting all the problem solved plastic well it's interesting the, the most interesting thing about the, the story is where the sea bin was actually first deployed is that Western Australia was the first one to actually take it up. Okay. And I'm like, wow, Western Australia is really forward-thinking. Go Aussie. Go go Western Australia. So, yeah, they're just making more and more of these things. They've, they're shipping them around the world and getting, you know, better at their production, making some some jigs and different things so they can just, like, chuck them together straight away and, and it's yeah, and just with, getting better with, you and better.
0: Yeah, obviously early days, these are going to grow bigger and better. They're going to end up, you know, like all of these kind of things, you end up with a bunch of different varieties, you get improvements, and uh, it can only be a good thing, you know. Cleaning the world up can only be a good thing. Okay, I've got some more news here. This is actually... Oh, but on, that news, on that news, I heard some, some, some recent legislation about banning the use of, um, of, of single-use plastic, so coffee cups, mm. knives, forks,
1: plates, etc., could very soon be a thing of the past. Well, I already know, like, my sister has, like, a metal straw that she... She takes I've, everywhere. I have metal straws. And like people take their own color. Back colour in the day, we survived fine now. without
0: it. We don't need it. Mm. Your human beings lived for thousands and thousands of years without these things. We can live without them.
1: Yeah. And they are destroying our planet. Yeah, So get rid of them. Yep. Bam. Just, greeny, I'll, greeny, I'll vote for it. Tasmania, Greeny Lyle is, is coming in with the, the hot opinions. You do need to know
0: that when I grew up in Tasmania, <laughs> Tasmania was not a green state at all. <laughs> It was the Franklin Dam issue that changed uh, okay. the culture of Tasmania. Yeah, yeah it was interesting.
1: Totally. It was a definitely a redneck state back then. Awesome. Well, some more some more greeny news. This is really greeny. Um, Australia is creating re- in renewable energy faster than any other country in the world. Go Australia again. This is another. This was uh, some research done by ANU. We're actually set to reach our, our Paris Agreement emissions reduction. Um, Five years early awesome we 're just killing it, which is actually really good to see there are some there are some downsides to
0: that mm-hmm. for instance, your solar rebate is purely a tax on poor people yeah um, you know so you 've got some issues like that, and it does put a strain you know on the electricity grid because the amount of um you know, and, and we're having devices that are burning out. You know, during midday when that solar electricity is peaking, stuff like that. Mm. But at the same time, these are all problems that can be solved. Human beings are incredibly smart, and we just need to come with come up with smart solutions. Mm. It's all there is to it. Well, it's
1: in the in recent years we did take a couple of step backwards, um, and this might be controversial. I'm going to say it anyway uh, because of the empirical data. But you know, the carbon tax was very successful. The carbon tax the was carbon su- ta- The carbon was tax in its it, what, nine months in legislation- Was successful. Was, you know, reduced carbon by like six, seven percent. In its first nine months. You reckon? That's huge. That's like massively successful six, six and <laughs> seven. There's nothing like, more
0: than Lawson was nothing more than the government coming up with a way of taxing the air that you breathe.
1: I don't know, man. It was <laughs> it was good. It, it actually it it was doing its job and then it was repealed and I was like, that's that's really sad. Well, we don't need it, do we? Because we're gonna be five exactly. years ahead of target well, anyway. Here we go. So appa- according to this by twenty thirty two we'll be a hundred percent renewable powered. Yeah, I'm not sure that
0: we'll make that target. I I don't think so anyway, but
1: that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, that
0: would be um, pretty awesome. (laughs) Anyway, this is uh, Chelsea Moon with He's Always Been Faithful. to Chelsea Moon with He's Always Been Faithful here on Faith FM. We're going to have another clue for our quiz and we'll see if we can, see if I can figure it out this time. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, we are. Don't be laughing at me, Lawson. Don't be laughing at me. (laughs) All right. Who am I? I know know what you're
1: laughing about. Your (laughs)
0: mind is evil.
1: So he said, um, so he said that this was a who am I quiz and, and the first clue was, I said, does our Lord condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? Okay, second clue. You ready? Yes. Joseph of Arimathea and I took Christ's body and wrapped it with, with the spices in strips of linen. Oh, and Lyle's got it right. So, no double prizes up for grabs, but... If you possibly know who this is, if you're out there, if you want a prize and you know who this is, give us a call 1-800-324-843. You will get a prize and it will be something great. It'll be a great book. It might be a really great movie. It might be something other than that. but. Not like it's, it's something that
0: uh, Lawson's going to pull out of the prize box and tell you about in just a moment. But anyway, <laughs> moving on with uh, the breakfast show. During the song break, Lawson and I were discussing the carbon tax and having a little mm-hmm. bit of a debate here about the carbon yep. tax because he's a big fan of the carbon tax and I can't stand the carbon tax because it's just uh, the government um, taxing the air that you breathe. But I came up with a better oh, alternative. Okay, we should we should stay getting rid of the carbon tax and replace it with a methane tax because that's where the real problem is because. Mm-hmm. Methane is 30 times more powerful um, at destroying our atmosphere and creating global warming than what carbon is. So why are we worried about carbon? Methane is the issue. That's what we need to be taxing. And on the subject of methane taxing, of course, our biggest problem in Australia is cows. And in India, you can join a society, the Society of Cow Protection. Oh dude. And and these are guys that um drive around, you know, they've got their trucks, their utes, they've got cow protection. They are a volunteer organization within the community. Sounds like the best thing ever. Like this is well, so actually, fun.
1: Um it's in not, the last couple of good. years,
0: they've killed 44 people.
1: Okay, that's not good. That doesn't sound like the best. Never mind. I don't want to join. Um, I'm just going to stay here in Australia and, and work for the church.
0: Yeah, and so in many ways, what's happened is that they have become uh, a vigilante group. And so what was happening was that India was becoming a little bit more secular. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very conservative government comes in and you know you've got a lot of um, political and religious rhetoric that starts to be preached um, in fact rhetoric went up by 500 mm-hmm. percent and 90 percent of that coming from the uh the, the, the ruling party um and and this is often what happens when people see their religion or their culture under threat and so a lot of hindus were getting pretty slack and they were eating a fair bit of beef and of course the farmers you know who had cows when their cows became unproductive uh, they were selling them off for beef because because there's a huge portion of India that is not Hindu, mm. and they would eat the beef. And of course, uh, you know, with um, you know the, the party that's in power now, they have allowed the rise of these vigilante um, groups of you know cow protection groups who go around basically protecting cows um, under all circumstances. And so, if you travel to India, Lawson, do not run into a cow. Oh. Um, but so far 36 Muslims have been killed and Man, some of this has rough. been driven some of this has been driven by religious extremism and you know the, the war on terror is making all Muslims look bad mm. you know we have to accept that if it was the other way around it would be Christians looking bad mm. um, or another way around it would be Hindus looking bad you know whoever it is that is the aggressor it's going to make it's going to tar everybody with the same brush yeah and, totally. and that's the tragedy with these kinds of things and so you know Muslims become an easy target Target in a place like India because one there's a war on terror uh, that is global and two these are people who eat cows yeah and the Hindus really have an objection to that um, <coughs> man that's just wild
1: the defenders yeah. of the cows and, man. and, and
0: here you've got have got these a these vigilante groups they're killing people filming them posting them on posting on social media. Uh, and basically coming under the protection of the government so the police have either been obstructed or ordered not to investigate in uh, most of these circumstances but then you have other groups within the community like the Dalit um, who are the untouchables these are the bottom of the bottom of the bottom cast and mm. um, and uh the Adivasi who are you know traditional religions, yeah um other than I guess Hinduism is a traditional religion, but you know sort of more spiritualistic religions and or minority religions, and of course these people you know the the, the untouchables they they will eat cows because they don't get to eat you know they only get to eat what they can Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're struggling to survive. That's crazy. And so they're coming under attack now as well. So, you know, you've got the poorest of the poorest of the poor, basically homeless people Mm. in one of the, you know, in a desperately poor country Mm.
1: who are being attacked and killed because of, uh, yeah. It makes me think, what's more valuable in the Hindu religion, (laughs) the life of a person or the life of a cow? Uh,
0: The life of a cow for and this is the problem when you get radicalization. Yeah. So we're not talking about your average hindu we're talking about you know your more radical hindus mm. the life of a cow is more important than the life of a person who
1: eats a cow. Okay. Yeah. Which is well, which
0: is pretty messed up.
1: Yeah, that is really messed up. I think I think anything that you know any kind of religion that says humanity isn't equal in some ways is like it's going to lead to some kind of injustice.
0: Any 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 religion or philosophy that places animals on the same level as humans as far as rights go mm. is severely messed up. Yeah. You know, that's a major, major problem that we have, you know, right there, and that's going to bring disaster on the planet. But anyway, uh, that's probably a rant for another day. Yeah, fully. Um, <clears throat> and so... Yeah, this is a bit of a uh, a problem and, of course, it um, it illustrates that we live in a world where religious tension is just that much higher yeah. than what it was, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. Mm. All right. So, in other news, we have a new moon. A new moon? A new moon. What happened to the old one? Uh, it's still there. Oh, okay. This is number <laughs> number 14. Of the moons orbiting the ice giant Neptune, and it's called okay. Hippocamp. Hippocamp. I don't know
1: why. I don't know. Why didn't they just call it Hippo? <laughs> yeah, why didn't they? I mean, Hippo's a great name for a moon. Hippo is a great and, name. The, that moon just looks a bit like hippo Yeah, it? it's, and it's round of, and circular. Oh, it's and- plump. Yeah. Plump. You should have just called it hippo. Should have just called it hippo.
0: But anyway, they called it the hippocamp. Um, this is very cool. Okay. So, what happened was in 2004, they accidentally photographed it, but they had no idea they had photographed it yeah. because it's only one megapixel. Yeah. So, um, it's 4.5 billion kilometers away. That right? is very far away. That's very far away. And the Hubble Space Telescope... Uh, uh, photographed, It was one, one megapixel and um, it wasn't actually discovered until 2013 when they were reviewing some of these photos and like, oh, there's a megapixel there that's shining. Why is that megapixel shining? So they started yeah. to do some more research. And then what they figured out was, okay, maybe this is a moon, mm. you know, 34 kilometers across tiny moon yeah um that you can see from 4.5 billion kilometers away just amazing but anyway so what they did was they calculated okay if this is a moon and if it is this distance from neptune it should be orbiting at this speed and so then they thought well okay now we can calculate when it should be coming back into this exact same spot Mm -hmm. do we have any other photographs taken when it should have been in that same spot, in that exact same spot. And they found that they'd taken another photograph um, that should have lined up with that particular spot in 2009 and again in 2016. They were able to uh, to line one up and shoot it again. Mm-hmm. And then they layered all those photographs on top of each other, stitched them together and like, ha-ha, we have another moon.
1: Sweet, that's pretty amazing. That would be so Astronomy. awesome! It is like, eh? like to walk on a planet that's thirty-four kilometers across. How trippy would that yeah, be? It's like you like, I'm going to do a circumnavigation today <laughs> on foot. It's <laughs> the coolest thing ever. Let's go hiking. All I'm gonna do is head that direction, and I'll be home by. Yeah, you just like put a stick in the ground, and you just. Come back 12, around. 15 hours. Oh, man, that is so cool. <laughs> but it also highlights something about our world because, of
0: course, our world, our planet is one of the only ones, I think it's the only one, that only has one moon. Oh, well, there you it's go. It's kind of boring. Yeah, why don't we? Why Hold don't on. we have, you know, five or six different moons? Dude, that would be sick. Do you know why? Why? Because life wouldn't exist. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so think about this our moon mm-hmm. is basically a giant pump. Yeah, and it pumps the oceans and circulates the oceans. And if mm-hmm. we had more moons or no moon, the oceans wouldn't circulate; they'd become stagnant. Um, the whole atmospheric conditions that you know rely on the oceans—all of our mm. rainwater, all of the—you know—the the, the atmosphere would cease to circulate and function, yep. and life would not exist. Our world has been created for habitation. Those other worlds have not been created Man, for that habitation, is so cool. and so they get to have all the extra moons, and we don't. They can keep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of happy that we have our moon. Anyway, this is Alison Brook.
2: The swirling darkness bearing down of God the smile.
3: to Faith FM you are here again joining Mon in Kenya in the Nakuru district I'm sure you've got that place memorized by now it is a wonderful place we're doing some amazing work here on my mission trip with the Kenya health team and today we have a very special interview uh, with no, she's already laughing. I think she knows what I'm going to say. With none other than Rosemary, our head nurse, the lady who did a tangle with a goat. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rosemary. How are you
4: today? I'm good, thank you. How's um how's the stitches going? Um, I'm improving quite well. No pain, no more pain. Yeah. And how's the goat? Is he still alive? He's still alive. But immediately it hit me, it was sent away. I don't even want to see it anymore. <laughs> very really poor thing. You had a lot of prayers coming out of Australia as well
3: because I told all the Aussies already about your... I'm sure, because I'm healing so fast. <laughs> Amen. So for those of you who missed the story, t- tell us exactly what happened. You were like maneuvering a female goat and a male
4: goat didn't like it or something. What happened? Oh, um, actually the female goat was on heat and they were together. So I was trying to get them out to grace. But uh, I think the male fell. Uh, I don't know. I don't know even how to explain it, but he was jealous. He thought I was separating them, maybe. Oh, and then he bashed you, put his head down, and butted you in your head. Yes! <laughs> Yes. Oh,
3: you poor thing. Now, Rosemary is actually our head nurse here with Kenya Health. Um, so, Rosemary, tell us a little bit. Um, well, actually, do you know what? Before we start talking about your involvement with Kenya Health, let's do a rewind and take it back to, let's say, you know, how you even
4: became a Christian, even. Okay. Right from birth, my mom took me to Catholic Church where I worshipped up to 1992 when I was in the school of nursing and I met a friend. I didn't know she was an Adventist, but I knew she was a Christian, but not of my faith. But I forced her her to take me to my church every Sunday when we were together because we were rotating, same rotation. So if we are off during the weekend, I must be with her. She must take me to church every Sunday. And she did that for more than a year. Then the second year... She asked for revenge. She wanted me to escort her to her church, which was on a Saturday, and it sounded funny, but I had to pay back because she's been my friend all the time. I said, okay, let me please her, and I took her to church on Saturday. And uh, when I went there, I found groups, people in groups, and like my church where we sit together, there were people in groups according to, I don't know whether it was age or tribe or what, but I joined one English class. And when we finished the lesson, I thought that was all. And she again took me to the temple, and we had to continue worshipping, and I felt like this is too much. But twice, thrice, I liked the, 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 the lessons, and I got more attracted to her
3: yes that is kind of funny that you conned her for a year to yes. take her to your church and then she turns around and says my turn and takes you to her church and then you end up converting yes. <laughs> i think the angels might have been having a good laugh
4: on you then. <laughs> so how long have you been a Seventh adventist now oh uh, when we parted from college she didn't even know that I would be an Adventist, but I liked the the teachings. And, yeah, somehow there was that passion, but I, I did not open up to her. And even up to now, she doesn't know that I'm an Adventist because there were no phones then. So I don't have her contact. She doesn't have mine. And uh, when I went home, I told my mom about the Adventist thing, and she was mad at me so I didn't go to church for nearly a whole year because I could not go back to Catholic after having gone through the Bible and I could miss most of the things they do in Catholic like the Holy Rosary I didn't understand and I stopped it and I uh, Very many things that they do that are not biblical, so I stopped. I could not go back to Catholic, and there was no Adventist church around our home, so I could not go, and my mom could not even allow me. But somehow, somewhere later, when I was working, I met my man Peter, who is an Adventist. So when he approached me, I agreed very fast because I wanted the freedom of worship to the Adventist. That is how it happened.
3: Now just as a side note Rosemary I, I, I've already been here just over a week mm-hmm. and I'm already aware of your reputation as a bit of a rebel. <laughs> so not only did you uh, cause your family a bit of stress by changing religion mm-hmm. but you apparently also married outside of your tribe
4: which apparently is a very not done thing in Kenya isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was strange. It was brought in by this Adventism thing because I was looking for how to get to Adventist church so So when I met my man and I just knew that he was an Adventist, I had to break all the other things about culture and all that because I wanted to be an Adventist now through him. Although my parents were very resistant, they they disowned me for some time and even the community wouldn't like it up to now. But I'm comfortable, maybe because of this Christianity. It is where I'm lying on. I I would ignore any other thing, any other comments, because I wanted to be an Adventist. That's all.
3: And the Bible does promise that when your mother and your father abandon you, the Lord will take you up. So for anyone who is listening and who might be struggling with family issues as a result of um, religious differences, just remember that God will step in and he will, He himself will be that role for you or provide other Christian leaders in your life for you. So don't despair and, uh, and take hope, especially from the Rosemary story. So you married a, an Adventist, a Sev, as we like to call them. Australia, a sevi, and uh, and I guess the two of you embarked on a bit of a, a journey together as a sevi couple, um, and you
4: started to get involved with ministries. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, we moved together, and one thing I would also say is that because of the way we live in my family, even the, my parents later on, my brothers and sisters liked the way we live, and they. They stopped the tribal thing, and they love us. And when we, they come to my family, whoever comes to my family has to worship with me on Sabbath. Nice. Yes, no question about it, no debate. You just have to go with me to church. Yeah. So and your family has accepted you now. Have, have they also accepted your faith? It only took them less than a year to accept. <laughs> <laughs> and they became great friends, my mom, my dad in the time of death they were with us oh praise the lord that's really heartwarming Mm -hmm. so tell us about the ministries that you've been involved with Mm. because you're a trained nurse right yes i'm a trained nurse i work uh, with the government and somewhere somewhere we had a, a crusade with the seventh day adventist church and in the evenings we used to conduct uh three medical camps. There were small small like clinics the, the, the evangelism is going on and here we are with the with the Seventh day Adventist Health Volunteers from Australia and from Kenya. And we did that for only two weeks and we parted everybody went his or her own way. But later on this Lyle Burgon, who had started the other crusade in the I mean the clinic in the crusade Back in 2009, he came back later on again and he called me. We went around Kenya doing free medical camps. Yes, it has been going on twice a year since 2009 up to date. Sometime Lyle died, but we, have, we had this family of Ivan and Judy. Who joined us and have been leading us, helping us a lot, and we receive help from Australia, the Seventh Day Adventist team, plus other friends of theirs. And whatever we place or we request, they go fundraise, come back. Other than free medical camps, they've helped us also to carry out some surgeries that were pending for the poor. And we've done several surgeries together. And we have patients on continuous treatment and don't have finances, but they've ensured that that has happened. Alongside, they also come with clothes and other things, many things that they've given to Kenyans, like wheelchairs, as they did yesterday, and any other day, they've been doing a lot to my people, and I feel humbled for what they have done for my people because it was my responsibility, but they've come to do it themselves. I think this is a work of God. Mission.
3: Yeah, it is, it is very important work, and I know the, the Australians come here with much joy to do the work, and, um, but you are the person who is on the ground here in Kenya, and you live here year-round as well, so whereas the Aussies fly in for a couple of weeks and fly back out, you're here the whole time, and you run the operations from this side, um, and so, and then while the mission trip is happening, you're very pivotal, in fact, you're probably needed downstairs right now, <laughs> but I've got you up here. <laughs> trapped in my interview room and I um, uh, said so maybe take can you take us through like what you yourself as organizational part have to do ahead of a mission trip because you, you have to like, organize
4: locations and medications and all kinds of stuff right mm-hmm. oh I do this when before they come from Australia I have to place a list of the drugs that we are going to use and have them in place before they arrive then also I have to sort the sites which people are more needy and we talk in terms of seasons there are places we can't access in different months like we have clinics in August, we have clinics in February and in August some roads are impassable so we have to go to the places that we can access. Then in February we like going interior where we cannot pass during the rainy seasons we can access them now and reach those people. So we look at the Accessibility and the need of the area. Yes. So when people come to the clinic, they first are registered. So they
3: are weighed. Their blood pressure gets taken, um, and uh, and then they get. Uh, put in a line and then they go see a, a practitioner, so a nurse or whoever else is on hand, which is it's usually several people, but always you, uh, at least there and then they come up to you and they have a consultation and uh, and then you prescribe them medication and then they take their prescription over to the pharmacy and their medi- uh, prescription can be filled and they can go get glasses if they need them. Um, so that's your, your role during the day uh, when a clinic happens. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about what are the sicknesses and the diseases that Kenyans are facing? Like, what are some of the big ones, some of the, I guess, the bad ones um, that you see come through here often?
4: Most of them are respiratory tract infections, which are very common, especially during this drought. it's windy, it's all that, and that is viral, so that is the commonest. but we have patients with cancers we've done several with uh, Kenya Health, but unfortunately, the outcome has not been good for the cancer patients like we have had three've done surgery, radio radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and we've lost the three. And I tend to feel that uh, maybe we can hand over to a certain group which deals with cancer only, and then we handle these other surgeries. But we have malaria, but we can manage. We have medicine for that, and even for these common respiratory diseases, Kenya Health are able to treat that one, and we feel good. Yeah. So, that first one you mentioned,
3: what was it called again? Respiratory tract infections. Respiratory tract infections. I'm a
4: non medic. Yes. What on earth is that? <laughs> uh, it is a, uh, the problems that are affecting the respiratory system. These are flus, bacterial infections, together with uh, viral. These are pneumonias, bronchitis, name them. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay, so. I also noticed that when the patients come irrespective of their situation everybody everybody or apart from pregnant women, everybody gets a worming tablet is is
4: parasites a big issue here as well it is and there's lots of contaminations no water no enough water and our people are used to handshaking it's highly accepted that if you don't shake a hand of somebody he will feel good not bad I mean and then through this handshaking, hand we have we chew on the way Maybe we, we have ground nuts, we have roasted maize. You eat as you go and you don't have time and where to wash your hands. So we feel there's lots of warm investigation in everyone. So it is a rule in our country that you take warm tablets every three months. Yes. Oh, wow. So every three months, everyone has to do it. Yes, but not many people have the know-how on how that is done. So that's why when we go out as Kenya Health, the team, the group, we meet school children and everybody, we give the worm tablet because they also believe that worms are for children. They don't know that it infests anybody.
3: Oh, okay, righto. Um, so, how do you decide which which region to go to? Because, I mean, every morning we jump in the van and we drive sometimes for several hours mm-hmm. in all different directions. Like, how do you how do you decide
4: who's going to get the medical clinic today? Mm, we have to do something like feasibility study. We see that this village is far away from the health facility. Yes, so we we place a clinic for those who cannot access health services often
3: Because health services, they're expensive in Kenya, right? And nothing's
4: free, is it? Yeah, okay, we have for free in the peripheries, but we find that those facilities are not even stocked with that free medication. So they are given a prescription to go and buy and when they go to the high level hospitals that have this medication, they have to pay So our free medical camps here help a lot because we are reaching the poor with free medication here yeah. So the people that come here,
3: is this quite possibly one of the only opportunities they might have in their
4: entire life to get free medical aid? Mm, we have had few missionaries also who can do the same, but I think we are doing much better because we have hours fixed for February. And August, Because sometimes we go to a place and they say, we saw you here in February and we've heard that you're coming this direction, we've come again to follow you. So some people don't go to hospitals because of that fear of oh, the fee and all that. And they decide to wait. Yeah, I, yeah that, I'm really happy to hear that sometimes you go
3: back like six months or a year later to continue ministering to a community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think repeat is often something that's a clincher. Now Rosemary, I have to ask you something that might sound really stupid to a Kenyan, Mm -hmm. but I've been, I've had a special request that someone... asked me to ask you do you guys have witch
4: doctors in Kenya? We have them. Are you serious? We have them and the, you'll see the posters on the trees besides the road and maybe on the shops. You'll see them and they give you their number. You contact them. Are you real witch doctors with mobile phones now? <laughs> yes, they have phones. They have phones and they promise to cure, not even treating cure. They're incurable but I don't know <laughs> You've never been to a witch doctor? No, I've not had time because one day I wanted to visit, but I've never had time. I wanted to see what they do there. <laughs> I'm curious, but I've not visited one. But they put posters all over the day. Yeah. I'll show you one tomorrow. <laughs> we don't have to visit one. I'm scared I'll get like possessed or something or some sort of a spell put on me. No, the Spirit of God will not allow anything Amen. harmful to happen to you. Yeah,
3: Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us up here, Naomi. We might have to get you back towards the end of our trip because we've only just started, haven't we? We're only just one week into our four-week trip. So we we'll might have to get you back up here and into our interview room and you can tell us a little bit more about um, the end of the trip. So thank you very much for joining us. If you need some more information or you're just curious about Kenya Health, the mission um, charity organization that I'm here in Kenya with, head over to their website. It's www.kenyahealth.org. Or you can jump on the Faith FM Facebook site. Uh, you'll see pictures. I'm going to put some pictures up of Rosemary. Do you mind if I put some pictures up of your goat injuries? I don't
4: mind. In fact, it is it is there for free for anyone who wants it. I'm calling him a wild domesticated goat. <laughs> That's the latest name. <laughs> the latest name. Maybe he's for sale if everyone wants to buy <laughs> this
3: violent goat. I even don't want its money. I'm giving it for free. <laughs> <laughs> She'll pay if you take it away. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Rosemary. Okay, back to you in the studio, Lila Lawson. I uh, hope you're not having fun without me.
0: is a free community crush program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us.